Danny, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, Danny, you're drunk. Like, you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, you never heard that. You never that heard before? that? Oh, you're a wild no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the hair on her back. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 46 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me is my co-host, KBD himself, Christian Durant. How are you doing, sir? I don't know, man. We're fucking losers, right? Like, we're just, <laughs> we're, we're losers. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Without a doubt, we are losers. Five in a row, sir. Five in a row. It Outside of brutal, that, how are man. you doing? I mean, outside of that, I guess I'm okay, right? I mean, like in terms of the podcast and in terms of the sh uh, uh, of the team, like this is brutal, dude. This is this. But is, aren't I, you happy I, that I we have, have a bye week coming up? I mean, I, I guess we're not gonna lose I this am. week. That's for sure. Somebody <laughs> might get injured in training. Oh, look at you, Jason. Right, that's it, a possibility. On wood. On every single wood that, platform, that's what here. happens to us. Like it's it's been a, a rough couple weeks. Um, and I mean, rough. I know it was maybe hyperbole when I put on the thumbnail uh, the worst team in MLS possibly. But when you really think about it, and we'll get into it later, maybe it's not that much hyperbole. Like maybe there might be some facts behind that, and maybe maybe we might be the worst team. I mean, if you really think about it, if Drake doesn't stand on his head the first two games, we might not have any points right now. But I mean, before no, we get I, into all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah, let's no, talk Drake, about Drake is saving grace for sure. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about this past weekend against Dallas. Uh, you and I both thought we're playing at home. We're a great home team. We were a great home team, right? We felt confident whenever we're playing yeah. at home. And I mean, obviously, things didn't go our way. And it's a lot of the same this week. How, what were your takeaways from Saturday's game? Uh, we need offense, right? Like, I mean, it's yes. Well, we got Campana I mean, back. That was supposed to be what we were waiting for. Well, and, and you know, a lot of people were telling me, don't think that he's just going to come in and storm and, th you know, three, four goals because I was just getting ahead of myself. But, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to see the, 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 the shining light at the end of the tunnel because he's finally back. He gets the start, which is something that I imagine all fans were, were, were dreaming for. Right, mm -hmm. we finally have him well, and we Joseph both said, starting. We both said we needed to happen last week, right? Yeah, and uh, it finally happens, and we don't get great productivity for the first half. Like, there's one thing that Neville said in the post game: the first 45 minutes were just a disaster. It was a mess. Well, let's get into that real quick. So, the first half, I got some numbers here. 30 minutes into the game. Dallas had seven shots, four on target. We should have been losing 2-3-0 within the first 30 minutes. Like, we got yeah. lucky that we weren't getting our ass kicked 30 minutes into the game. At halftime, we had 63% possession, possession. We had one shot. <laughs> they basically did what Cincinnati did, which was what we said they would do, is they took the lead, then they played the low block, and they said, good luck breaking us down. They put five in the back, and we had absolutely no answer. 
We didn't know what to do. And I, I honestly don't know what the solution is. We were playing the whole cross the ball in and hope for a, a, a miracle because that's what we thought. Maybe, okay, maybe Campana's back. Maybe he can win a header. But that ain't happening. And it's yeah, it's almost, you know, that and it's cliche, right? That the whole insanity, the definition of insanity, do the same thing over and hope for a different result. I guess they kept doing the yeah. same thing because maybe Campana's here. Maybe it'll be a different result. But it wasn't. And this team is, is lost right now offensively. Like, you can get all the possession you want in the world, kick it, kick it back and forth with, between each other. But unless you're pushing forward and breaking down the defense, what are we really doing? So it, it was really disappointing. Well, uh, one one thing that I and and Alpha Alpha's checking in and and letting us know he's about six rows from the pitch. You know, the he sees that the players are frustrated; they're missing runs all over the place. Uh, you know, he he's hearing these players mouthing off at each other, and and you, we could see it too, right? We see the frustration, and one of the things that me as a fan that I'm I'm pretty frustrated about is. The outlook on Stefanelli before the season was grand. I mean, so many people were talking so highly of him, including me. And I just, uh, the last couple games, I think aside from that game that he scored the goal, uh, a goal on that game, aside from that, he's been a non-factor. At least to I, me. I Look, I, I tell you every week, I think he just goes out there and runs and plays and does cardio. Like he's just getting a good cardio workout. And because to me, he doesn't have an impact on the game. And I think that the Stefanelli experiment has to end. There's a few experiments that need to end by now, right? Because I think we, there's a couple players that we kind of got tired of seeing just lollygagging around. Well, the, the one thing that I really want to see end is this Bryce Duke center defending midfielder, right? Get it out of here. All right. Well, that's I think, and one. we're going to get into that later, right? We, and I, th I think that's going to be addressed this week with the new signing, and we're going to get into that later. But yes, okay, that's one. What else? I, I just want to tell all the Facebook people that are listening, you're all idiots, okay? You're idiots, <laughs> okay? Why? For, uh, I don't get on Facebook. I don't know. There are literal posts on the Facebook Inner Miami stratosphere where these people are calling for Bryce Duke's head. I mean. You have got to be. But Bryce kidding. Duke hasn't been playing well, though. Listen, even if he's you know, even if he's playing out of position, he's not playing well. He's playing scared. He keeps laying the ball back. Listen, everybody is with this whole. There's people on the Facebook page that want Duke out of here. Like these people are out. You, you guys are out of your mind. Like, what kind of drugs are you on? Send them over, please, because I need some of that. And like the whole fire don't thing, drug usage on this show. <laughs> well, look, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, another thing that bothers me is this fire field crap. And we're going to get to it, too. Um, you know, that's the you. You're not on. You're not on the train. Yet? We're, we're, let, we'll get to it. We'll get to it because I got okay. some stuff to say about that. But this it's getting out of hand with these. All right, people. Well, let, let's go to the very end of the game before we keep talking about the game. Because I do want to address yeah. this and I don't want to forget. So at the very end of the game, it was a shitty game from beginning to end. But in the 97, I want to say 97th minute, all of a sudden, we thought we, we had a miracle, right? Something just landed on our lap. We thought we got a PK, right? We got a penalty kick. It was right in front of us. And it was, was going to be a beautiful moment if we would have gotten the kick and we would have converted. Because a lot of people were leaving at that time. And then 
the stand right where like you leave the stands, right? Where you walk under yeah. to leave. Yeah. That had gotten full of people. So those are people just standing up everywhere. Right Everybody in front of us too. If they would have had a chance to take that kick, they would have scored and would have ran to the fans and everybody would have been just standing there celebrating. That would have been one hell of an image, right? That would have made up for the shitty game. It would have been an oh, awesome yeah. feeling and it would have been awesome. It would have looked awesome. Yes, it wouldn't have been one point, but still it would have, it just would have felt good. It would have been cool. Would have been something. We didn't, but we didn't get the kick. But you and I were just sitting there as we were waiting for the VAR, and we were going back and forth about who we thought was going to take that kick. Now, I thought it should be Pizarro. You thought it should be Mota. Now, I don't know if they announced who it was supposed to be, but you got a video, and Mota was stretching that hamstring. It looked like he was getting ready oh, to yeah. either sail it to the 30th row or burn a hole to the back of the net. It was one or the other. Like, there's no in-between with him. Like, who do you think was going to take that kick? Did they say who it was? Well, I mean, from from what you saw in the video and from what I was pointing out to you, it really looked like Mota was just, it was his time, baby. He was getting ready to rock and roll and send a rocket either to the back of the net, like you said, or to FIU Stadium, right? I mean, at this point, like, I th look, I would have preferred that Pizarro take it because I guess he's a little bit more clinical in his finishing yeah, i guess for sure um I uh -huh. but but listen mota he's gonna look at pizarro and he's gonna say no 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 that's my baby right there so i mean i get it the whole the whole thing of him stretching that was just extreme yeah, he was stretching really, that hamstring like he really yes. like a deep stretch and i was like oh this guy's getting ready he's getting ready no and you know why and, he was getting ready because he didn't have any field goal attempts during the game well, he did have one. Alpha mentions no beer for Chris. He did say if he got two blasters that I would have gotten a beer from Alpha. I mean, by then, the bars are closed. But that one extra blaster from the penalty kick would have been it. Probably would have hit Rob Wise right in the head. <laughs> well, so the game ends. We lose. And we end the game with 69% possession. Now, that seems like pure domination, right? You just dominated the ball. But again, yeah. they allowed us to get that because they were dominating the first 30 minutes, right? It was chance after chance. And after the first 30 minutes, they just played the low block and played the counter. They just allowed yeah. us to hold possession. And I was curious as to where we stand as far as the league goes in possession. Like, which is the team that holds the highest percentage of possession? Okay, so I looked it up. And Miami's in third. Okay, they're not first. They're third, 57%. You want to know what two teams are above them? The two, the Philly? only two teams. Okay. Is Philly, Philly no? Is Philly up there? No. No. I would have anticipated only, Philly to be up there. The only two teams that hold possession more than Inter Miami are LA Galaxy, which are horrible, are losers, and Charlotte, which are horrible. Are losers. So, so, the, so a bunch the of top losers. three teams. The top three teams that hold the most possession in the league are all horrible. That's right. Inter Miami is included in there. Horrible. Because they don't know what to do with it. They're just passing it around back and forth. And the other teams are like, go ahead. Have fun. Keep your possession. You're not scoring. So we're not worried. And that's just what it is. And that made me feel so much worse when I saw that we're the third. And the only two teams that hold more possession than us are just worse than us. Galaxy and Charlotte. So obviously, holding possession, unless you're doing any, nothing in the th final third with it, it's really pointless, and it's proved to be that. Well, and that's it's really frustrating to see, especially the fact that 
everybody knows that Inter Miami is basically in the in the messy sweepstakes, and so like oh, in the back man. of every in the back of that. everybody's in the back of everybody's mind, you know that everybody's thinking we gave Pizarro, I mean uh, Pozuelo, up for a potential future, and at this point, like we might not have a future in terms of like success. Just based off the fact that we gave uh, a, a guy up that was showing extreme promise. A lot of people have said that we sacrificed this season for Messi. And it feels that way because this team without a 10 is lost. And and I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but everybody that wants Neville out already. Remember, we looked really bad last year also. So yeah. much so that we benched Gonzalo and things didn't pick up until we got that 10. Right, and that was in the summer transfer. So, could things change once we get a ten? Yes, but it feels so far from now. That how bad are we going to be up until then? Like we got things rolling a little bit, right? Throughout the year, we win a couple, lose a couple. We're winning at home and losing on the road is basically what we're doing. But right yeah. now, we're not even defending home. So, how are we going to look when we get to the summer? Like if you fall too far behind, then it's pointless to get a ten at that point because we're too far in the hole. So uh, I, it's disappointing because it it does feel like they uh, they well, sacrifice. Well, and with the well, with the way that they're playing, it doesn't help that we don't have that support in the middle, and it feels kind of like th that we're going backwards in terms of like how we were playing like last year in the beginning of the season when we're trying to work it through the wings. You know, the the biggest problem at this point is that we just have our uh, like both of our wing backs pushing up so far ahead so it leaves us exposed every single time well i'm and, glad and that you last, brought that up yeah, yeah. no and last up. year and last year you know we only had yedlin pushing up so like i guess the backs would sort of rotate towards his side to make up for the fact that yedlin is pushing up so it can give him an opportunity to come back but and we, at we this had point, gregory dropping back also to assist and also, yeah, but now we have both of them flying off. So now you got Kristoff and McVeigh trying to play Superman here. And, and they're doing a great job, by the way. They're doing phenomenal in the back line. It's not like we're it's not like we're allowing a hundred goals per game, right? So they're doing something right. But you know what? I think I think that's skewed. The two reasons why I think our defense is worse than it's looked. First, because Drake has made our defense look better because he's made such amazing saves. Like every yeah. game, it seems like we should have allowed two or three more goals, but Drake hasn't allowed it. That's why he should be considered goalie of the year so far, right? So that's one. That's why one reason why the defense looks better than it than really is. And two, if Dallas wanted to keep attacking, they would have kept scoring. The first 30 minutes, they were dominating and getting and taking shots. They got close, but we got lucky. Drake or off the post, whatever it may be. And then they, they took their foot off the pedal. After they took that 1-0 lead, they allowed us to start yeah. holding possession and then kind of just bring the ball up. So that's why our defense, I think, looks better than it really has. But this past game, we finally got the three in the back that we've been asking for, just not yeah. the way we thought. Well, and I think it's because I, I think that they wanted to play Taylor in. And, and let me tell you something. If there's any shining star on offense that's happening right now, it's Taylor. He's the only one to me that has actually, other than Mota, because Mota, he hasn't been too bad on offense. He's been moving the ball around decently. He isn't. Uh, he well, he isn't, has beautiful I, touch, especially on his passes. 
Yeah, I mean, other than other than Mota, I think Taylor has been making. He's been one that is not afraid of trying to go one on one, but obviously he can't do it all on his own. He's not going to try to either. He doesn't seem to be a selfish player, and he wants to work with the system or whatever's in place. Um, you know, I, th that's the only thing that's just you know uh, gleaming as far as hope is concerned. But the back line to me. I don't know. I feel like Kristoff and McVeigh have been doing a pretty good job in the middle. But when you go with three in the back, right? Because they eventually switched to three in the back, right? That's, that's not how yeah. how the, the the lineup came out when they they posted the lineup. But eventually, yeah. it looked like it was three in the back with Yedlin playing the right center back. Yeah. But why on earth would you have Yedlin playing that position when you could have had Sailor or Mabika out there? Now, I prefer Sailor. If you want to put Mavika out there, that's fine. And I'm not saying that Yedlin did a horrible job, but he did get beat to the spot on that goal where the guy passed it into Ferreira in the middle and then scored. So I think that we should have, if we're going to have three center backs, let's have three center backs. Like, why are we playing Yedlin there? Like, that's kind of head scratching. Is it because he's scared to bench Yedlin? Is it because he's technically the team captain, so we have to keep him out there? Uh, but you don't think that maybe he doesn't want to gas all of our defenders? Because it could be that, right? Because if you play, if you play, if you play Kristoff, McVeigh, Yedlin, Negri, and you play some other random center back, right? At some Sailor. point, out of those, yeah, yeah okay, fine. I, I, at some point, two out of those five are gonna get gassed. And so what? You're gonna, no, you're, you're gonna. You're talking about? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think look. Harry Neville is the one that's coming in to, to spell one of the, the wingbacks, right? Which is, is basically what's been happening. Yeah. And when, when you're playing center back, you're not pushing up like you are when you're at the wings. I I don't know. I, I, I really think that putting Yedlin back there was, I don't want to say a mistake, because, again, he didn't look horrible. Yeah. But he, did, he was part of the problem on that one goal. And to me, it just makes more sense to have Sailor out there. Sailor's played the position. He's played three in the back last year. He showed that he's good enough to start. Like, I, I don't understand. If you want to have Taylor play the wing back, that's Yedlin's position, then just take Yedlin out. Like, and I think that well, that might be coming, but we're going to get into that in a second. But for now, it just didn't make much sense to me. Well, since we're talking about defense, and Steve mentions that we're pretty thin at center back, sticking with the defensive parameters here, since we're talking about defenders and we're talking about Duke now, right? Because I just wanted to throw yeah. that in there because Duke seems like he's a defender at this point. Uh, Alpha mentions there there was a lot of hesitation from Duke. I mean, the problem is Duke is playing back there with a the goalie. Like nah, he wasn't playing back there that much last year. I mean, year, I, look, I'm a, I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm a, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like, come on, like Duke isn't where he's supposed to be. If there's one gripe that I do have with what's what's going on with Neville is that there are players that are playing out of position, and and to touch base on what we were talking about earlier with Pozuelo, right? Uh, Pete asks, would it be I wouldn't it be ironic if Messi doesn't come in June and we try to get Pozuelo from Turkey? And I haven't looked into <laughs> this much, but is 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 that, that even be possible? Because I will send any scout. I will forward a Western awesome. Union check to anyone in the inner Miami CF, whatever, and put them on a plane, hopefully with no fireworks around, 
to go get Pozuelo in Turkey. And you know what's the best part about that is? Is that if that were to happen and we'd get Pozuelo back, everybody would be singing Chris Henderson's praises. Say, oh, in Henderson we trust. He brought back Pozuelo. Even though, uh, even though you even allowed though him to pick walks. Look at that. Look at that, Hendo. Everybody's supporting you. Get out of here, Hendo. You allowed Pozuelo, <laughs> the most shining piece, to kick okay, rocks. Get out of here. Let, let, all right. Let, let me make sure I, I like Henderson. I just I, I can't believe how blind people are that they give him a pass for absolutely everything. It was a bad move to let Pozuelo go. And everybody's Listen. saying that it's for Messi. Okay, let's see. If he can pull off Messi, then it's forgiven. But until Messi's here, yeah, I'm sorry. It was a bad move. Let's not even right. mention Messi. I just want to preface this by saying Chris Hendo let go of Pozuelo for Stefanelli. How about that, fans? How about that? If you were to, if I were to ask you who the best defender on the team so far this year is, a lot of people have a certain answer that surprises me. Who do you think is the best defender this thus far this year? I think, I think that at the end of the day, people are going to mention Negri because of his mm -hmm. activeness, whatever. Uh, but Kristoff is is he's the one that's the he's best the defender by far. He I is agree by with far you. The best defender. I agree with you. He is he is the rock in, in the back line. And Negri, maybe it's because he hasn't had too many opportunities to defend because he's always playing over the, up top <laughs> in the wing. But to me, he hasn't been the best defender by nowhere near. I guess he's because he's contributed so much offensively. People automatically yeah. say him because he technically is a defender, but he's contributed much more on the offense than on the defense and i mean a lot of the goals have come from his side like for the most part teams are attacking that side of the field yeah. i looked at the last two games the game before this one against cincinnati 40 percent of their offense was built up on the right side their right our left right so negative side last game against yeah. dallas 44 percent of their offense was built up on that side yeah. of the field they're attacking oh. The right side of the field because Negri is always out of position. He's the one that caught, got caught. I mean, they did the, the rope a dope with him, right? They hit the ball, caught up on the other end. Yeah. And, and they started that play on that side. And it was it was such a quick goal. I didn't realize until I watched the game back how quickly that goal built up. Like it, yeah, was, it was going two touches down the sideline, down the wing, and then cross to the center. And it, it was crazy. And after that, just play defense. But so to what everybody's saying, Negri being the best defender, maybe when you talk about overall contributions offensively and defensively, but strictly as a defender, it's been Christoph to me, hands down. And I don't think there's any, there isn't really a valid debate to it. I don't think that there's a valid debate either. I think that Christoph just through and through has been the best. Def if we're talking about defense, just pure the, the role of a defender. He is that guy. Interceptions and block shots, uh huh? Yes, mm -hmm. and and so th there's no way that you can dispute that. Now, I, as far as Negri, if he was to kind of tone it back a little bit, I think that he can be able to kind of go head and head in terms of the comparison with Kristoff. But the problem here is is that he's pushing up too high. Other teams are watching videos of of, of Inter Miami and they're preparing and they're looking at they're that and they're the saying. Thing. They're all looking at the right wingers and they're like, you're going to have a beautiful day, my friend, because yeah. it's going to be open seas. Go up the right wing, play to the center, have whoever the left wing cut to the back post. Go ahead, hit the guy in the left in the back post and either take the yeah. shot or cut it back to the center. And like it's 
Every goal has looked almost identical. Franco Panizo, if you don't follow him on Twitter, go ahead and follow him. He had a beautiful breakdown. They showed a video of every single goal that yeah. we've allowed. And so many look almost identical, coming up the right wing and hitting the center, back post. And it's 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 ridiculous. It, I think it was, we've allowed, I think it was eight goals. I want to say you know, four or six of them were that way. And then the other two were set pieces. It's yeah, it's like textbook against us. It, it's ridiculous. It and and I, I'm not sure what we're going to do. But that's enough about the defense. Let's talk about the real issue, right? Because although I think that our defense isn't as good as it has been statistically because teams are just defending and they're like, don't worry, they're not going to score. We don't have to keep trying to score. We can't do shit on offense. Campana finally came back. We had finally the Campana-Joseph tandem, right? The one that I predicted would give us 30 goals combined. And so far, seven games in, goose egg from both. Now, Campana's... To Campana's defense, it's only one game. But Joseph, seven games, six games in, right? He missed one game, six games in. And no goals from our strikers. What are we thinking, Chris? What do we got to do? I Look, I, I'm going to pencil this down. I'm going to pencil this down as Campana just returning from a long period off of an injury. That's what uh, we used to say about know. Joseph. And and I guess, I mean, look, at the thing is, it's like you said in, in one of the earlier shows, right? He got an injury to his calf, which sounds like it's bull crap. But in reality, like, it's the most important part. Like, you're literally on your legs all day running. So, like, that's pretty important. You, I don't know if you remember, but there was a point, like, I think 15, 20 minutes into the game, we saw Campana on the ground, and he was favoring yeah. his leg. And We thought that, that he had pulled a hamstring or calf, yeah. That alone, I was terrified because I thought to myself, this is going to be bad. Imagine he starts and 15, 20 minutes in, he's gone. Oh, my God. that would uh, It would have been a disaster. Times oh, well, 100%. All the people that were like, oh, no, he can't start. He has to come off the bench. They have to start him off easy. Oh, everybody would have been having a field day. Like, I, you see, I told you. I told you he can't start. Like, thank God he got up because that shit would have been a pain to yes. have to hear. But and, he didn't. And, he didn't contribute. Good. And and I think the problem with Joseph. Look, bottom line is these guys. They have the. Is he getting service or is he just playing like shit? Is he not I, getting I, service or is he just playing like crap? I don't think that he's getting great service, dude. I mean, I think it's a little of both because he's had opportunities. You, you know who's getting great service? All the midfielders are getting great service, and they're just doing nothing with it and giving each other great service, right? Like, great service. Get out of here with that. They're passing it to each other, and nobody wants to kick the ball. You got Negri trying to blast them from, like, 40 feet. You got Mota trying to blast them. Like, you know, the, the opportunities that Joseph has had this year, they haven't been great. They haven't been, like, these uh, – well – I'll take that away. There was a game, and I don't remember what game it was. I'm going to look back at the schedule. But there was a game that he did play where I think he had like two, three good opportunities, and he just he just crapped the bed. Um, but the service hasn't been great. And has Joseph come, you know, in the clutch? No, I don't think so either. But it's it's got to take it's 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 a it's a teamwork thing here, baby. Like you, you need the pass, you need the 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 chicken to have the egg. Right? Or am I wrong? No, you're right. And Steve chimes in. Campana deserves time to get back into game shape. I feel like we've been saying this about Joseph all year also, though. That said, <laughs> as long as you refuse to combine in the middle and make it easy for the opponents to defend Inter, 
then it won't matter. Cross and Insala. <laughs> well, I, I look, the, I, Alex, Alex Windley, right? Another great follow on Twitter. She said it's the, the cross and pray. And that's basically what we're playing on offense. Yes. The cross and pray. We cross the ball and we pray that somebody's going to come up with a header on the other end of it. And once Campana went out of the game, we were still implementing that, even though the only forward we have at that point that's over five foot is Joseph, which is five seven. I know he's got some vert with him, but it, it, it's 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 not the way to play with this team. It hasn't worked for the last seven games. I know that we scored four goals in the first two games, but we've gone over this. The first game, those two goals were luck. I said it from the start, and everybody was shitting yeah. on me for it, but. It was luck, those first two goals. And the second game against Philadelphia, we had two beautiful goals from outside the box. Goko from outside the box and then Robert Taylor, which might be the goal of the year. So we haven't created chances. We haven't created goals. And this, this offense looks so putrid, so putrid, that I think it might be one of the worst. The only reason I don't say it's the worst is because I believe there is a team out there that only has scored two goals all year. And because of that, I don't say we're the worst. The thing but, is, um, I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a fair okay. I don't know Kansas if it's City, a fair Kansas City is the team that's only scored two goals all year. I don't know if it's a fair assessment to make to say that we are like the worst offensively when first of all, we haven't had Campana all season. He's literally played like 50 minutes, right? 50, 55, 60 minutes, whatever it is. Right, we had Joseph. I think he was missing for like what? For like two games, maybe mm -hmm. or one game. I'm not sure, but he was missing Joseph for like one a game, game for, interna for international duty, which is the only time he scored all week. Yeah. So other than that, right? And 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 on top of that, he did. Uh, he didn't play full games in the first two games, if I'm not mistaken. The only the only goals that we've had were from other players not named Campana or Joseph. So, like, at this point, I don't know if it's fair to say that we suck offensively when uh, our main suck. guys, uh, our main guys that we're expecting to put the ball in the back of the net haven't had the 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 their due opportunity to do so at least as frequently as we'd like. Look, I don't know. Pete said that it looks like Joseph's getting frustrated, right? Not getting much service, but what the times that he has gotten service, he hasn't converted, right? He hasn't, he hasn't, he's muffed a lot of kicks, honestly. So he looks like he's getting frustrated. And I think that it's about time that we give him the Gonzalo treatment to see if he can get his head back on, right? Because I, I don't know what else to do with the guy. Like, I, I really had high hopes for him, and I'm starting to lose that hope. And, and Steve Munoz chimes in saying uh, uh yes danny but our attack was more balanced the stats were out since gregory's injury it's been strictly attacking through the wings okay that's true but honestly gregory outside of the fact that now mota has to stay back instead of pushing forward so much like in those first two games we weren't necessarily creating great opportunities in the final third either like i said we got that set piece goal where we've said a bunch of times on here christoph hit that that hip thruster goal and then the lassiter you know, it's his uh, go-to move. The last of off the off the post, and then Borgelin got two strikes at it, and he scored. I understand. Maybe we did look better the first two games. But 
honestly, they haven't impressed me at all at any point throughout. You know, the only game where I thought that we looked decent in the final third was that NYCFC where? game. The NYCFC uh, game, I thought we were creating chances. I thought that was Joseph's best game. I thought that's what he had found the, the best chances, even though he sailed the ball over the post a couple times. I wanna I wanna touch I wanna touch base on a subject that you brought up that we should give him the Iguain treatment. I don't know if that's necessarily fair because I think there's there's a, a different standard, a, a different expectation from the both, right? From Iguain, he's a DP. He's this amazing player that played in Europe, right? I think that the expectation was extremely higher for Iguain than it is for Joseph, who's not on a DP agreement, who's uh, a, a ways away from his prime, right? Everybody was talking about how the turf was affecting his legs, his knees, and, and we're basically getting him at a bargain bin discount. So I think that the expectations aren't seen the same to be able to judge him with the same scope that the fan base judged him, uh, that judge Iguain. I can agree to an extent because I, I agree. We knew that Joseph had dropped off a little bit and we were all hopeful that he would get back to form. But we thought that he would get back to form as far as he scores one goal in the first five or six games, right? Yeah. That's not Joseph Martinez from old, but that's still a, I don't know, a decent striker. But to not score at all or to not look like he's himself at all through six games, like, I'm sorry, that's a big drop-off from what we were expecting. And maybe we weren't expecting MVP Joseph. I agree. Maybe we weren't. I was hopeful that he would get close to that, but not even close. Like, that's, that's think, the part that scares me is that it's not even close. Well, I think that the, for namesake, I think that it's easy to be able to judge him differently but if we were to just put a, a, a no-face guy on, on Joseph Martinez, right? Take away the name, take away the player, no-face guy. Uh, all of a sudden, you get him at bargain bin discount. You're not even paying, like, his whole agreement, right? He wouldn't be playing right now. Yeah, well, he if he'd be performing like this, you'd kind of be like, ah, oh, whatever. But because it's Joseph Martinez, right? And a couple of years ago, he was a badass, right? Now you're thinking, uh... Things need to be nah. a little different, Joseph. If if it was if if Joseph wasn't on the back of his jersey, he wouldn't be playing right now. Or Martinez, I guess. He wouldn't be playing right now, right? He'd be getting the Lacava treatment, even though Lacava yeah. hasn't played at all. But he'd be getting the, he wouldn't get any playing time if it wasn't Joseph Martinez. Everybody thinks it's Joseph. He has it in him. He scored when he was playing for Venezuela. Oh, it's it. He's coming. He got out of his funk. He saw the ball go in the back of the net, and still nothing. So. Well, Richard Greenberg, just, just before we get to the next topic, uh, Richard Greenberg chimes in, says Houston's best player, Herrera, got a red card last game. Not playing against but Miami. That, Listen. No, but that, that means that he won't play this coming week, but we play them in two weeks. So he'll be back. That's so, going to suck. Yeah. Uh, and, and Steve, Joseph has missed some looks, but also, according to Alex Winley, Joseph gets touches about every 15 minutes. Hard to get going like that. This is true also. This is true also. Last game against Dallas, Service. I want to say in yeah. the first in the first half, I saw Ian Hest, another great follow. Ian Hest had put after the first half that um, I want to say, man, I forgot who they were, but like five of Dallas's top players had all gotten 19 touches or more. Campana and Joseph combined in the first half, 23 touches. 
So yes, they're not they're not getting touches, obviously. So they can't. But Joseph has had clear opportunities, which is what has been frustrating people because I all I know that that he needs a 10 feeding him the ball. I know that Campana being there will help him, but he has had opportunities and he hasn't been able to nail those. A lot of those, he's had soft dribblers to in front of the goalie that have been no issue yes. for the goalie to stop. And and it sucks because 2020 or 2019 Joseph would have rocked those. So I um well, and before I, I, you get I'm to the I, before you get to the next topic, I wanted to bring that one up. Uh, what, what you're bringing up now, the Heron Outlet crew are excellent follows. Shout out to them for sure. I mean, yeah. Danny was just, just talking about Alex Winley. And one Ian thing. Ian Heston, that, Austin, all three of them are awesome. Now, Alpha just mentioned if a USL or MLS 2 team can beat an MLS team, then you are bad. Alpha, stick around because we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Just a little teaser. Uh, oh, just a God. little teaser. All right. All right, so real quick. Now, I said that I put on the thumbnail, is Inter-Miami the worst team in the MLS? A little bit of hyperbole, maybe, but I think it's a valid argument. If I were to ask you, how would you identify the worst team in MLS, Chris? What would you say? What would you? What would be the first question you ask? Like, if I tell you, and you never listened to, to you never paid attention to MLS, but I told you, this is the worst team, what would be the one thing that you asked me? Okay, why is it the worst team? Yeah, uh, they're, it, because they're not scoring goals. Okay, not scoring goals. That's what no, I would that's say. Not the, that, I would say they have the most losses. Okay. Is, did you know that Inter Miami has the most losses in MLS right now? Ooh, that's. I know everybody's like, oh, but we're not in the we're not worse in standings, right? We're in tenth. Actually, it should be twelfth. We're twelfth in standings. That needs to be updated. But we're twelfth in standings. Okay, but we have the most losses in the league. The only team that has the same amount of losses as us is Montreal. And guess what? That's one of the only beat teams we beat, which we barely beat them because of the thrust goal, Borgelin's three tries, and then Drake standing on his head. So are we the worst team? We could be. We've lost more than everybody else. I think that's a pretty valid argument. If you lose more than everybody else, yeah, you might be the worst team in MLS. How crazy is that? That in the beginning of the season, when we were previewing Montreal, we were talking about how nervous we are about this game. And here we are after beating them, talking about how terrible we are playing everybody else except Montreal. Thing of beauty, baby. Uh, look, look, and, and, and it's because of all the draws that we're not, uh, that, that so many other teams are um, as far not as bad as us because other teams can at least draw, but we straight lose. We're like one of the few teams that has no draws. We're not kissing sisters at all, Chris. We are no. go ahead. We either win or we lose. That that's just it. Listen, and we're doing a lot more losing than we are winning. Listen, at this point, it's like I told you last episode. A lot of our fans would be preferring kissing sisters than what's been going on. I mean, we've been getting dick kicked. Uh, <laughs> for the last couple of games, it has been a dick kicking for us. Oh, you see, same thing. Steve just brought it up. I would ask how many goals per game are Inter conceding, right? It's kind of the same thing, right? How many goals are we But you conceding? lost the most. So so you're telling me that losing the most games in the league isn't doesn't make you the worst team in Major League Soccer? Like, no team has lost more than us. Yes, Montreal has also lost five games, but no team has lost more than us. Oh. And thank you, Peter. Can you imagine life without Drake? 
if we didn't know, have man. Drake those first two games, we either lose or maybe we draw. Maybe. Let's say we draw. We'd have maybe one point the whole season. We have six points because we lucked out those first two games. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was really happy about those first two games when they happened. I'm not happy about them. No, I mean, yeah, I'm still happy about them. But I'm not as impressed. Of course. Because without them, we'd be in the dirt. Right. Exactly. I, I think that we got lucky those first two games because of Drake. Thank God we have Drake. We have to keep Drake as long as we possibly can because without him, we might be offered. Well, and and let's talk about – let's really talk about what's going on here, right? And and one thing I want to – before we get to the t- the topic that we had lined up first. Oh, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I cut you off a second? Yeah, go ahead. Steve Munoz asked, how many goals per game are Inter conceding? Okay. That's a great question. Now, I, I, I mentioned this earlier. Our defense statistically, I think, looks better than it has been. One, because of Drake. And two, because teams aren't attacking us as much as they could or should. Dallas, if they wanted to, they could have scored another three or four goals if they wanted to. But once they took yeah. that 1-0 lead, they said, low block, five in the back, good luck breaking this down. We'll take this 1-0 victory. And if we get a chance to counter, we'll take it. That's why we're only, we only conceded one goal this past weekend. That's why our stats look better than they do. Our defense is shit. Our defense, look at that the first 30 minutes of that game. That's our defense. They, gave, they got as many opportunities as they wanted. But once they scored, they're like, all right, that's it. We're good. We know you can't score. Let's just go ahead, defend, and good luck. And that's what it was. Because I think our defense isn't as good as, our, as those stats say. How many goals have we conceded this year? We've conceded uh, eight goals. Do you think the defense is good enough to just concede eight goals? Drake Callender has a lot to do with that. And also, oh, hell yeah, teams, just, and teams just playing the counter against us. They're like, don't worry about it. They're not going to break us down. Cincinnati and Dallas have done exactly the same things. If they wanted to score more, they could have, but they decided to just defend and not let us score. And that's what it did. And if it wasn't for that, our goal differential and the goals conceded would be a lot worse, I think. Well, and and I, I agree with you for sure. I mean, Drake Callender has just been a blessing, right? Without him, we'd be for sure even even dirtier than the mud right now, Lucas. That's for <laughs> damn sure. Okay. And, and, and Lucas brings up another point, right? As soon as the club gets rid of Pizarro and Marsman, right? That's when the final rebuild is going to take place. We're not going to have the sanctions. It's going to be beautiful, guys. It's going to be paradise. You know what? I had I had no intention of talking about this, but I guess it's good since it's brought up. Pizarro has been a bright spot on this team. Yes, he I has. I think Pizarro yes, has actually has. been one of the best players on this team, surprisingly, because I wasn't happy about keeping Pizarro. But so far, when I see him on the field, I feel good because he's the only one pushing. We were me and Chris were pointing it out that when Pizarro would get the ball, he tried to push forward. And as soon as he passed to somebody else and they passed it back to a center back, you could see the frustration in Pizarro. He'd throw yeah. his head back or his arms up. He's like, what the fuck are we doing? Let's yeah, push yeah. forward. He's, and you could see it in his face that he was back. frustrated. No, nah, he, yeah. he, he is one of the bright spots, I think, this season. Even though some people might not agree because the Pizarro hate is that high. And look, I'll admit, I wasn't a big Pizarro guy either. But this season, at least, he's played much better than a lot of his teammates. I'll tell you that. Well, and Juan Rodriguez brings up time to bench Martinez. You're getting into Facebook land a little bit, Juan, but I, I can I can ride with you a little bit. But let's I, talk I about that, right? Campana, Joseph, and Pizarro all declined to speak to media, right? 
which is huge, right? Now, the problem with that is, is that Pizarro, to me, I can understand his frustration. Like, he's legit mm-hmm. trying to make things happen. And I don't think mm-hmm. that he wants to speak to the media to talk about how bad the team is because the two guys in the front can't do anything, right? So he's probably like, I'm not going to sit and talk to the media about you guys messing up. You guys got to take that L. Now, Campana, I can understand him not speaking to the media either. He just played like five minutes last game. Really? Right? Okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's just my opinion because at the end of the day, what's going to come, right? You can't judge him for how he's played. He only played like five minutes. And what are you going to do? You're going to ask him about the injury? Inter Miami doesn't want to tell you if anybody broke a nail. So the only person that's left is Joseph to answer questions, which he should be. Were you okay with Joseph not answering? No, I'm not okay with that. Look, I will tell you that I, one, I was surprised that they all declined to speak, but I think that Campana was the only one that I didn't like that he refused to speak. Joseph and Pizarro have gone to these press conferences already. Well, how many times? Five or six times before already. They've yeah. had to deal with these. I understand them being yeah. frustrated and tired of talking to the media. This is Campana's first post-game press conference. What do you mean you're not going to talk to us? We haven't talked to you all year. Nah. I don't think Campana should have walked away. I don't give a fuck if you played 55 minutes, 5 minutes, negative 3 minutes. This is your first game. You talk to the media. Listen, but according to what according to what Franco said, right, uh, I believe it was Franco that mentioned it. He said that Campana told him, like, nah, today's not the day. And Joseph just blew well, him you off. haven't talked to us all right? year. What do you mean today's like, not the day? So what's what's the day then? When you win? But when you, you score a goal? But, I'm sure. Oh yeah, let's go talk to the media now. But you Joseph think, you has think sat Campana... up there after bad games. Pizarro has sat up there after bad games. Campana hasn't. It's your turn, buddy. Listen, I don't think that Campana has to sit down after playing five minutes on the field, almost you pulling a hammy. Right, I, I guess. I'm exaggerating like I typically do. But, like, you played 60, 65 minutes. I don't think that he has to sit there and answer to the media on how bad the team is doing offensively. Like, Campana's going to be like, dude, I just got here like five minutes ago. What are you talking Look, about? I'm not going to lie to you. I really don't care who talks to the media. I'm not that guy. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm also okay if the coach doesn't talk. Like, I don't really care too much. But I will say that if... Somebody has to talk to them. It should have been Campana over the other two guys. That's all I'm saying. But I, I don't give a crap. I don't think it's that big a deal, honestly. But I just thought that it well, was weird that you said that Campana was the one that shouldn't have. Well, all right. So what's the next topic here, Danny? I'll let you decide what's going to be the next, no, the I, next I, thing I, I, I got, I got everybody's favorite topic coming up. So oh, you and I so have been – you and I have been – on the anti-Neville out movement, right? We don't like yes. the whole just fire the manager, right? Because that's the easy thing, right? In all sports, yes. all the teams playing bad, fire the coach, fire the manager. So you and I have been off that. But five-game losing streak, those first two games were a miracle, and if they're not looking good, is it time to finally give in to the Neville out movement? Because it's strong. It's strong. Solana has been on that movement since, like, before Neville got hired, he's been asking for his job. Like, like <laughs> he didn't even know who the time? coach was. He, he didn't even know who. Yeah, he wasn't even sure, but he's like, whoever's coming in here, if he's not moving wide, get him out. So it is now, is it time for us to jump on the Neville out movement? 
Listen, Danny, you know my opinion, bro. It's lazy. It's lazy. All you Facebook people. All you it's Facebook lazy, people. But, but it's look, lazy. How have we looked? But how have we looked? At some point, you have to ask that question. Like, it's not lazy if you're seven games into the into the season and you've lost more games than anybody else in the league. And we're supposed to be a playoff team. Like, right? All intermittent. Like maybe the MLS in general didn't think we were. But as far as a fan base, we all expected to be a playoff team. Maybe not top three, but the top nine make it basically now. So we're, what's going on? Well, and 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 Solana mentioned right here. I know who he I, was. He had only coached hyperbole. And it, hyperbole. Yeah, yeah we're not saying that you didn't know who he was. <laughs> we're saying that whoever was the coach the was going to be called in. But look, and and Lucas mentioned Phil Neville will eventually move into the front office, have a cushy job, right? That we're not gonna we're not gonna sack him mid season. But everybody's calling for his head, and it's such a lazy thing. It's so lazy. I mean, at this point, just okay, give Chris. us some time. Well, uh-huh. Chris, let's talk about it. We've been asking for five in the back for the last couple of weeks. Yes. Right? We felt like he was stubborn and he should have done it earlier. Okay? So we feel like that's already malpractice, right? Like, what are you doing? We need five in the back because Mota and Duke can't play that six. We need extra help in the back, especially if your wings, wing backs are pushing up that far. He took forever to do it. He finally does it, and he puts Yedlin back there. So playing Duke out of position at the six, playing Yedlin as a center back, playing Stefanelli, yeah. wherever you play Stefanelli, I feel like he's out of – because I don't know what the hell he's supposed to play. Supposedly left wing. Listen. I, I, I just see him running around all the place. Like at what point do we say maybe Neville doesn't know what he's doing? Man, that's a stretch, bro. We're really going to go not there? Like he doesn't You're saying that it's lazy, but it's, doing? Longer, it's no longer lazy. Listen, I think that defensively, we're, I think defensively, we've been doing a better job than last year. That's for sure. I mean, Kristoff isn't the only reason that we're doing better defensively now than we were last year. Right. A, a little bit has to do with the game planning that he's, that, that, that Phil Neville has in place. Now, does he have Negri and Yedlin flying off, you know, on 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 goal routes, right? He's probably thinking to himself, man, when I used to play, man, I would love to do that. So he's thinking, I got these two guys. I could just fly right down the sides, and then they could just run back on defense. Like, this isn't a perfect world. But in my opinion, I feel like if you got power, I feel like if you got powerhouses at the top, that's talent. You got to score, buddy. Like, you came in but you're, to score goals. You're not on the Neville out yet. No, I'm not there yet. I'm not there okay. yet. I feel like it's I'm still not, lazy. I'm not there either. I'm not there either. Yeah. Okay? I'm closer, but I'm not there either. And you know why I'm not there either? After the game, Neville came out, and in his press conference, he said, one of the issues we have is that players are getting comfortable but they're not going to be comfortable anymore. In two weeks, that's a big point there's some players. About. In two weeks, we have players that haven't had an opportunity yet, and they're going to get an opportunity now because these players have to stop being so comfortable. And that's the kind of talk I want to hear. I would have liked to hear that a week or two ago, but we're there. He did it. He said it. I'm with it. 
And because of that, I am not on the Neville out yet either because I like that he's like, you know what? I got to change some shit around. And maybe he, it was the fact that he finally he was waiting for the Campana Joseph. Let's see if Campana Joseph could finally get something going. Now he got it. He got it for only 55 minutes. But he's like, you know what? Some shit has to change. And I honestly think Joseph's going to be one of those changes. Well, I think that that message was directed to two people specifically. It was directed to Joseph and to Stefanelli. I think those two people specifically were geared to hear that message. I think there's one more person that you're not including. Ooh, who's that? Let me let me Yedlin. Yedlin. I think Yedlin. I think Yedlin. Yedlin hasn't been playing all that great. Now you know what the the problem is with Yedlin is that that Harvey Neville plays the backup. Yes. So and now you got the whole daddy son thing. Ooh. Right. And, and nepotism. Everybody talking about nepotism and whatnot. Unless you want to play Robert Taylor there, which I know we were having this conversation last week and people were saying, no, he never played right back. I'm pretty sure he played right back at some point. Yet last game yeah. he played right wing back. So I think Robert Taylor might get that spot over Yedlin. I really do. And I think that that is one of the other people he might have indirectly been speaking to. I think there's a chance that maybe Yedlin gets benched. Ooh, that's that's rough. That's rough. I mean, Solana mentions that he's the captain. He's got to step it up, right? How I mean, is Drake not the captain? The, yeah, at How this point, Drake I think that I think Drake's gonna get that banned because, like, you can't take him off anyway. You're gonna take him out for Marsman. Like, get out of here. Get Drake out leads here. the league in saves. And look, and I, I remember I brought this stat up a couple weeks ago when I said that, that Drake should be considered for MVP. I brought up this stat last year. Andre Blake from Philly was goalie of the year, best defense of the year, and he was nowhere near the top in saves because when you have the best defense, you don't face that many shots. Well, supposedly, our defense isn't as bad as, as I'm saying, but Drake is leading the league in saves. Yeah. There's a reason why we haven't given up a lot of goals, and it's because Drake is standing on his head. He's doing everything possible to keep us in games. So the fact that Drake is leading the league in saves, I think he should be the captain. He's the reason that we're still in these games because, man, could you, like like Peter said earlier, could you imagine life without Drake? Yeah, that right. would be that would that would be brutal. And and I'll tell I'll tell you one thing. A lot of people have been bringing this guy up in the chat, right? One of our other topics that we wanted to touch up on, Dixon Arroyo is out there floating around. And and the question is, is this guy going to make a difference on the team? Uh, I've done a little bit of research on him, just so everybody knows where my point of view is. When it comes to FIFA, this guy's 68, (laughs) okay? To me, that is basura. If you're 68 on FIFA... And you're coming over here and you're touted. Get out of here. All right. All let, let's right, be maybe, clear. Maybe I'm going the, a little crazy. The, the FIFA rating, if you want to go based off of FIFA ratings, if you play for a South American league and you're in the high 60s, you're a good player. If we're going just based off of FIFA yeah. ratings. So <laughs> I think Campana was like in the low 60s when he came over here. So um, look, everything everybody's saying, he's a solid six. He's a true six. And if that's true, we finally free up Malta and Bryce Duke to play their natural positions at the eight. And that could do a world of wonder for our offense because everybody's saying that Gregory's loss hasn't just affected us, hasn't just affected us defensively, but also yeah. offensively. And that's because we've had Bryce Duke and Malta trying to fill in that void. 
But now when we free him up to play just an eight, I think that that's going to make a world of difference. And I, if this guy, Dixon Arroyo, is as good as everybody's saying, or even average, because we don't have even an average defensive midfielder, I think that that can make a big difference, which we need it. We need it badly. Well, we do need it badly. I mean, I, I see. I think he. I, I think he's he's scored a couple of goals for Emelec. I think that's who he's playing for, or he's signed with right now. But we don't want him uh, for, to score goals. Yeah, I mean, we want him to play to play the midfield and play defensively and and help us in the back to sort of link some of the players together. I mean, I think it's a quick band aid. I, I I don't want to see this guy. I mean, look, I don't but, know if he's going to be. Steve Munoz like, said it beautifully. The only other oh. center defending midfielder that we have is Uyoa. And Uyoa seems like a really nice guy. He seems like the, the maybe the UD. He's going to be here forever and eventually get a, a front office role. But and a rocking chair. I mean, I'll take Dixon over Uyoa. I mean, that, 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 that's just what it is. Now, before we get on to the next topic that Chris is dying to talk about for some reason, I did want to finish up with this game. We are now on a five-game losing streak, right? Now, Ian Hest said, he put that, uh, this out on Twitter. This is only the second time in MLS history that a team loses five straight after winning their first two games of the season. Only other time that that happened was 1998 Chicago Fire. Mm. Now, luckily, the only other time it's happened, that team ended up winning the title at the end of the year. So it kind of worked out for them. Are we going to get that luck? I have no idea. But it's a long season. All you need is a ticket to the dance. There's like... You like more than half the league makes the playoffs now, so all hope isn't lost. And maybe Dixon Arroyo helps us out. Campana and Joseph get clicking together. Neville starts pulling some ears and making some moves. Like I haven't lost complete hope, but I am glad that next week's a bye week because I need a week off from this crap. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read up on on this guy Dixon for sure. I'm gonna check him out. Check him out on YouTube. I'll play with him a little bit on FIFA too. We'll see what's going on over there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but look, I'm looking forward to it because it is the link that we need. It is the piece that we need. Um, I, do I think that this is going to be like the the piece that's going to solve the whole puzzle? I don't think so. I don't. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, only time can tell. You know. Steve Munoz said MLS was less competitive back in 98, referring to when I said that Chicago won the title after that. Yeah, but we didn't have nine teams making the playoffs back then either. Like, remember, all you need is a, a ticket to the dance. So all we need to do is finish in the top nine, make the playoffs, and then it's a free-for-all, especially if we have, you know, a couple good summer signings because the team that we had in the second half of last year wasn't the same team that we had in the beginning of the year. So if you can make it to the playoffs and then have a better team in the second half of the year, you know, anything can Listen, happen. You just got to make it there. You're mentioning we need a six. Solana's mentioning we need a five. We got Lucas mentioning we need a 10. I mean, at this point, we're just going to have to jump back into the Coco Jean bargain bin and just try to pick somebody out. I think after signing Arroyo, all we need is a 10. That, that's what we need. As far as the, the team construction, we need a 10. That's just well, maybe we can, like uh, like somebody mentioned earlier, maybe we can run over to Turkey and grab Pozuelo in the summer. So, Ooh, there we go, Steve Munoz, getting us right on target. This is the next topic right there. Look at that, Chris. Yeah, you see, bitch. And you didn't want to talk about it, mother effa. 
<laughs> Listen, so there's been a topic that Danny and I have been talking a little bit about for the past maybe day or two, and, and it's right up your alley, my friend. Steve mentions, uh, you know, a question to us. Are we going to the match against Miami FC? I told Danny that if he doesn't go, he's a bitch. So, yes, he's going, <laughs> and I'm for sure going, okay? I'm done with you, Danny. And the question is, is Miami Classico, do Inter-Miami fans really care about this rivalry? It's already been mentioned uh, like two or three times in this chat. But let, let, let's be clear. So the go reason ahead, people Danny. care about going so much is because it's the only Inter-Miami game that gets played in Miami. So everybody's excited to be able to have a 15, 20-minute drive instead of the hour drive that we usually take to Fort Lauderdale. Like that's why everybody wants to go to this game. If we had that stadium right down the street from FIU, do you think people would be dying to go to this game? Like, do you really want to go to FIU to watch a soccer game? Like, do you really care about Miami FC? That's all semantics, Danny. That's all semantics. You could you could sprinkle in the little distance, the sweet water, but at the end of the day, people are interested. And of course, they're interested because it's local. Like Steve said, I care because it's close to me, which is the only reason everybody cares. Nobody cares. This isn't a rivalry. Nobody cares about Miami FC. No, no, I didn't If, say it was a rivalry. You said we need to go because it's important. It's not important. Yeah. Nobody it's cares about Miami FC. It's an important no, game not. in the community. It's important if we lose. If we lose, all of a sudden we look horrible. But like, it's well, not it's an like, important game. It's like it's like what somebody mentioned earlier in the chat, right? Uh, I I think it was, think it was Steve Peter. or Lucas. Yeah, it was. It might have been Peter mentioning that if we lose to a, a a USL team or an MLS two team, then we're basically trash. Exactly. So, so this game doesn't really matter unless you lose. But we're not supposed to lose that game. If we lose, then it matters. But am I dying to go there? Maybe if it was a weekend, but on a Wednesday. I don't know. And then you see the price of that? It's like 40, 50 no, bucks. I'm not no. paying 40, 50 bucks to go to FIU. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Is it 40, 50 I'm... bucks? I, last year we paid like 10 or 20. I'm not paying 50 bucks to go to FIU to watch that game. Like, get out of here. Listen, so, it, 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 somebody, somebody try to find out the prices. If it's 40, 50 bucks. So Alana said it's 10 bucks. I saw somewhere that was 40, 50 bucks. I thought it was 20. Look, so we got Lucas I saw somebody 20. said 40. Solana said 10. Lucas said 20. Free parking. Tickets are 20. I I'm just not that you excited. And that. if I go with the whole if I go that. with the whole family, I'm paying 80 bucks to go see a game at FIU. Ah, uh, but look at what you're doing, my guy. Of course you're gonna right. what am I doing? I'm being some... a family man. Is no. there a problem <laughs> with being a family man? I want to spend But my like weekdays you're... with my family. It'd be nice on, to now. your favorite MLS team play against a local team who may or may not be laundering money, okay? <laughs> B but you're supporting local business. I promise you that if Inter-Miami was playing against Orlando at FIU, I would walk there. It would take me half a day, but I would walk there if I had to. But against Miami FC... I really don't give a crap. Like, honestly, I really don't. Like, I'm not. Yes. And and I agree with Richard, Richard Greenberg. Richard Greenberg said Miami yes, FC has do. really nice jerseys. They always kill yes, it with do. the jerseys. That I'll give you. That's the only reason I know that they exist. 
Because if it wasn't for those jersey releases where they like start circulating through Twitter and stuff, I wouldn't even know that that team exists. Because <laughs> who talks about them? Like, I don't. Do you know anybody that talks about them? Like, I know that there were some people from Vice City and stuff that supported the team before into Miami. But since then, does anybody go to those games? And I don't Listen, mean I might that to, to, to be mean. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't think that that's like, like, I'm not worried about Miami FC. I might buy the jersey, though. It does look dope. Yeah, it, it is. Look, hey, look, when they have all, like, the Miami neighborhoods and stuff, I, I think it's dope also. And just know see? that the money, just know that the money that you spend on that jersey is going to a very wholesome and uh, and very clean recipient. No money laundering, maybe. Oh, I about to say. Look, and it, look, Will13 says he was one of the people that used to go support Miami FC, but he doesn't go anymore. So, uh, like again, I'm not poo-pooing on Miami FC. If they still have faithful followers, that's awesome. Good for them. But I'm not worried about going to watch them against Inter Miami. Like I don't care. Like if it's forty bucks, I'm not going over there and paying forty bucks to go to FIU, sit in these bleachers and watch this amateur game. I'm not doing it. Well, it's not an amateur game. It's uh, Inter Miami. Also, is going to be a professional team playing against Miami FC. So. It's not as amateur. And and I'll tell you this much. You did mention something to me on the phone wondering if this game was going to be televised. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it's televised, then you might not see that much of a showing. No, if it's not televised, then I might consider going. If it's not so televised, if it is televised, instead of making the 15-minute drive versus the 50-minute drive that you make from Kendall... Yeah, because I want to watch it. I mean, Inter Miami's playing. I want to watch it. So and you get real do it. And 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 you get real Cuban coffee from Sweetwater and like uh, like Steve. They have abuelitas for sure. Oh, for sure they got abuelitas. I mean, how can you not find? There's a Sedano's like five five blocks away from there. Look at that. Alpha just killed oh. it. it. Look, televised on my 33. Thank you, Alpha. Yeah, you know what? I, don't, I don't know. Take, take that back. Take that back, Alpha. You never <laughs> saw that. You looked it up on the TV guide like from 1999. That doesn't exist anymore. Danny, you're going to the game, bro. I'm dragging you out there. We'll, we'll see. All right. Um, now, on Wednesday, we're going to have, obviously, on Wednesday, we usually do a recap episode. I'm sorry, not a preview episode where we have an opposing team's podcast on with us, and we they help us preview the game. Obviously, we have no game coming up this Saturday. Thank God we have a bye week. So I get to just chill on Saturday without having my heart broken. Uh, (laughs) um, But I will tell you that we will have a different type of episode on Wednesday. We're going to have, I don't know, it's been making the rounds. Um, The Miami Fusion, they have a new, well, they don't have a new podcast. We have somebody that is making a new podcast and they're kind of bringing back like old stories and old people that were part of the Miami fusion and having them on their podcast, kind of talking about the history about the podcast. And since we don't have anything to, to preview for Saturday, he's going to be on with us and he's going to talk to us about Miami fusion. So if you're interested in the history of the Miami fusion and all that went on with that, some stories and people that he's had on come join us and we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I see. You've been popping up a lot of a lot of comments as I've been talking. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to show you that Miami FC can't help that that you got the Brady Bunch, Danny. 
I'm and a family we'll, man. I can't help it. And and then Will mentioned that you could probably sneak in a un plato de fritanga into the stadium, <laughs> and nobody's gonna bat an eye. Nobody. They'll probably you. ask you if you got some leftovers or something. I have a question for you. Yeah. If Messi was part of this team, would we be playing at FIU? I think that's that's a great question. I think we uh, would, but nah, Messi's not no sniffing way. Sweetwater. I, no, no way. I, I, <laughs> no way are we playing at FIU. I mean, I'm not saying Messi's going to play at FIU. Also, he's staying home while he plays the game? Yeah, I mean, like, freaking LaCava's probably going to play against uh, Miami FC, but not not Messi. Messi's not playing no no Miami FC. We, we, we got to figure this out because I, I can't imagine Messi playing out there. All right. Well, well listen, everybody, we end, every, everybody, everybody that's chiming into the chat, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, a lot of podcasts were going on today and a lot of podcasts are going on this week. And we definitely appreciate all of the love and, 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 and time that you guys give us. Please, when you get the chance, if you're really interested in some of the history, uh, you know, we're going to have somebody come on. We're going to talk a little bit Miami Fusion on Wednesday. So, you know, keep keep around for that. And Danny, uh, everything's good so far. Any Anything on your mind? Uh, no, again, appreciate everybody. Uh, I, I'm not big on doing this, but I'm going to say it because everybody tells me that I should be saying it anyway. So if you're still watching, go ahead, like, and subscribe. I feel weird as hell saying it, but go ahead, like, and subscribe because supposedly it helps us out. How? I don't know, but they say that I should say it. So I'm saying it. Go ahead, like, and subscribe. Appreciate you guys hanging on with us for the last hour and uh, catch us on Wednesday when we have some Miami Fusion talk. And uh, if nothing else, go ahead. Look, we, we get a Saturday. We don't have to get hurt, Chris. I'm, I'm excited. What are you going to do this Saturday? I'm, I am, I am going to do nothing because I am finally going to be happy that we're not going to lose. And maybe I'll get some fritanga. I'm going to sit on my couch and just rot and watch NBA playoffs all week, all weekend. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll catch you guys on Wednesday.